Today, as we study in Ezekiel, I want us to understand this, that in the text, as we will read, it is going to be very, very clear what our assignment is that was definitely prescribed to, to, to Ezekiel. But I believe for all believers, it's prescribed to us as well because it just lays it out super, super easy in our text. And I just personally believe that when God lays something out so simple, so easy, we should definitely just exercise and walk in these steps. So if you guys would, turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel 2. We're going to read the entire chapter of Ezekiel 2. And I know that's going to be difficult because it's all of like 13 verses. And we're going to get a little bit of 3 too. But it's actually 13 verses total. We're going to get a little bit of 3 as well. I'm going to read to us and then we'll break this down together as a body. This is what the prophet Ezekiel says. He said to me, Son of man, stand up to your feet and I will speak to you. And as he spoke, the Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet. And I heard him speaking to me. And he said, Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people to whom I am sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are a rebellious people, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them or their, or their words. Do not, do not be afraid, though briars and thorns are all around you and, live among and you live among scorpions. Do not be afraid of what they say or be terrified by them, though they are a rebellious people. You must speak my words to them, whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are rebellious. But you, son of man, listen to what I say to you. Do not rebel like that rebellious people. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. And then I looked and I saw a hand stretched out to me. In it was a scroll, which he unrolled before me. On both sides of it were written the words of lament and mourning and woe. And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll, then go and speak to the people of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me the scroll to eat. And then he said to me, Son of man, eat this scroll I'm giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it. And it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Let's pray together, church. Father, we pray this morning that you would continue to illuminate our eyes with your word. Father, speak truth to us. Again, God, let us clearly see your word as it is written and clearly understand the task that you are setting before us. We love you. We thank you. And we trust you, Jesus. Amen. A little bit about Ezekiel, at this time of his life, when this word came to him, he was at this really great age. You guys ready for this? He was 13. 13 years old. He was the prime age that a man from the tribe of Levi could become a priest. And so I know what you're thinking right now. All the 13-year-olds, we truly would trust with the Word of God, right? Right now, I just want you to think of any 13-year-old boy. Some of you are looking at one right now. I saw like a brother hit his, hit his younger brother and be like, <laughs> see? I mean, just, just think of any 13-year-old boy right now that you would say, you, what, the Lord said what? Oh, you got to be kidding me. Yes, I'll follow you. I mean, we don't even trust 13-year-olds put deodorant on every day. 
to even lock up the house, to turn on a cook stove and finish the meal and turn it off. Like, just walk away from it. So how is it that this young boy, 13 years of age, could hear from the Lord and then begin to go and preach? It's because it's what God told him to do. I mean, that's just an easy, easy statement. That's an easy answer. But it is truth. And before we even get to the first point, I want to say this just as a sidebar soapbox because I do what I do and because I love teenagers and I love families. Listen, they're never going to be the future of our church if they're not the now. And we have to believe that the same God that, that speaks to us as adults or, or whatever we want to classify ourselves as is the same God that speaks to them. The word's no different because the ears don't have as much hair coming out of them. The heart is no different just because it hasn't had all the, the sin and the difficulty that others have had. I'm going to be honest with you, church family. When God speaks and a child listens, that's a beautiful thing. And I will, I will just put one more step on the soapbox. I'm sorry. Uh, it's not in my notes. But <laughs> if, if when God speaks and, and, the, and a younger generation listens, you know what it does? It changes generations. Revivals throughout our country. Revivals throughout our nation. Revivals throughout history. You know where they start? Not with 65-year-old people. Not with 45-year-old people. Not even dare with 28-year-old people. Revivals start with teenagers and young adults. And most of it is because they're not so corrupted by the world. And corrupted with their own biases and their own, well, that's, no, 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 I don't trust that. Oh, I don't listen to that. Oh, I don't read that. Oh, I don't do that. I mean, they just don't have that. They have this open heart. They have this open mind. And they have this thing where when the Lord speaks and He says it, this is crazy, they believe it. Why? Because their parents have said over the time, I'm telling you to do this. Why? Because I'm telling you and you can trust me. Jump in the water, I won't let you drown. And so they believe. And it's only when we begin to introduce cynicism to them that they begin to step away from those things. So listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to preach about teenagers, but I just want us to understand, here is one in, in Scripture that is standing before us. And he's saying, I went and did what the Lord told me to do, and it changed, <laughs> it changed the nation. So let's don't discount the younger just because they may not know as much. We have to shape them and guide them so that they can continue to grow, they can continue to learn, uh, and they can continue to impact their community. So the first thing that happens with Ezekiel in Ezekiel 2, 1 and 2, is he has to stand and listen. We see him when this, when this verse begins that he is face down before the Lord, and that's because in chapter 1 is when the Lord speaks to him and he gives him a ton of stuff and it literally just draws him into his face. We have to acknowledge that when we have an encounter with God, when he speaks directly to us, it does something to our posture, or it better do something to our posture. It better shake our heart, it better bend our knees, and it better bow our head down, because again, we have to acknowledge we are now standing before a holy God who has all rights, who could choose to end our life, or give us bad situations to go through, or could choose to bless us with some, something that he wants to do, or call us somewhere that we're not necessarily ready to go or want to go or those kind of things. I remember forever my wife saying, it, you know, it, God can call us anywhere, but there better be a Walmart close. And then we ended up somewhere in the backside of nowhere and there wasn't a Walmart for 35 minutes in any direction. And she kept praying. And guess what? He called us out of there. How about that? <laughs> and so 
But, but we, <laughs> if we don't ask for it, right? And so we have to be willing to go to the places and do the things that we're not always wanting to do. And for Ezekiel, he is face down. And God's calling him. 93 times in this book, Ezekiel refers to himself as the Son of Man. Daniel himself referred to himself as the Son of Man. And Jesus also referred to that too. This term begins to be something that these guys have in common because of their call that God gave them to do, to go and to speak and to share where? In a godless, crazy nation. But it wasn't foreign. It was amongst their own people at times. God calls us, typically He doesn't call us to places that we don't understand. Like there are the rare occasions for, for those that have served in the foreign mission field. He's calling you to a different culture, to people who don't know Him. But by and large, for the majority of the people sitting in this room today, right now, are hearing this online, God's not calling you to a foreign land to learn a different culture and a different language and to live a completely different way. What He's doing is calling you into where you live now, into the culture you were raised in, the culture you've you belong into, to a language that you speak and everyone else speaks. He's calling you right to there, but He's calling you to stand and listen. I tell parents all the time, what are our t- reason we do things differently in student ministry here at Crossroads Community, we don't sit in rows, we don't just teach and not give people an opportunity to talk back because for a majority of students, they sit in a classroom and all day long they hear the words, sit down, and this may offend some people. I'm sorry if your kids have never heard it. I'm just going to say it. Shut up and listen. And schools want you orderly and quiet and listening. And that has its time and place. And other, other educational arenas do too. But in student ministry, we say, if that's all you hear all the time, that's what you hear in school or you hear wherever, private school, home school, whatever. And then you come here and that's all you hear. What would you, what would you associate? Well, school and God and church are all the same. And so we say, no, we want you to stand up, speak out, and be engaged. We encourage them to share. Because if they don't speak and they don't share, how will we ever correct what they don't know? How will we ever help encourage them in the way that's right? And we do. We say, well, that's, actually, that's not right. <clears throat> Jesus did not say that. <laughs> and so we, we correct and we love it and we encourage. And so we, we would say the same thing as believers. We need to stand and we need to listen to the word of God, to walk boldly, just as the servant did. There is a time to fall down and be humble and to give adoration, but there also is a time to stand up and to take orders, just like Ezekiel did. So now, so first of all, we stand and listen. Secondly, we go and we speak. In Ezekiel 2, 3, and 5, here, here we see... He said, Son of man, I'm sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people who I am sending you are obstinate and stubborn. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or they fail to listen, but they are a rebellious people, they will know that a prophet has been among them. I want you right now to think about your place of work, your home, your neighborhood, your activity, whatever you're plugged into. Does that body, does that community, home, work, recreation, whatever it is, do they know that God has called you to go and to speak to them? That we have no excuse to sit around and say, well, God didn't tell me to share that. God told me to follow Him, to pray to Him, 
uh, to, you know, to read the Bible to my family, but he didn't tell me to go into my workplace and do it. He didn't tell me to share anywhere. I had an opportunity on Thursday to sit in a, in a, in a business that was not a Christian business at all. And I, I got into a conversation with a business owner, and he started talking about death. He said, man, I've been thinking a lot about death lately. And so my first question was, well, are you thinking a lot about like your death or how you're going to die or the pain of death? He's like, man, I'm just thinking about the transfer. So like from, from your soul from here to where? And he was like, yeah. You know, this, he, I think he said this is just the, um, the meat temple or something. I don't know. And he said, I'm just, you know, I'm just concerned about where, what happens after that and where, where I'm going to end up. Because, you know, I'm just, man, honestly, I'm just trying to make sure that, I, that, the, that the good gets to the point where it outweighs the bad. And you talk about, like, the Holy Spirit, like, you know, WrestleMania-style, kicking the door open and running out. For me, it was, I was just like, oh, here we go. And I said, well, I just want to ask you this question. Are you keeping up with all the bad and all the good so you can balance those out? I said, man, I'm really trying to. I said, well, are you keeping up with like the really, really bad things? Or what about the little minor bad things? Like when you cut somebody off in traffic and you cause them to have emotions. Or, or what about when you, when you shortchange somebody and you, you keep a dollar? Or what about when you lie to a customer? What, are you keeping up with those things? And I got that look. Oh, no. I said, man, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share something with you. Like, I follow Jesus and I read his word. And in his word, we read things that he, that love keeps no record of wrong. And so for us that are in Christ Jesus, we, we don't have to worry about all that. And I think what's really what you're talking about is worry. And worry is going to be that thing that's going to end up driving you crazy because you're losing sleep over something you're worried about when Jesus says, I've already taken care of it. And it, and it just started this really great conversation. You know what I can't tell you? I, can't, I cannot tell you the, the part that, you know, Paul Harvey would say, or the rest of the story. I can't tell you that. I can't tell you the part where I'm like, well, man, right there, we bowed down, and we prayed, and revival broke out, and he changed his whole vision for his, for his company. That didn't happen. But here's what I do know. I went into a business expecting something different, and then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit placed a seed in my hand and said, would you just tell? Would you just plant? And I was obedient to stand and I was obedient to speak. And here's the crazy thing as a pastor. I don't like have these. I mean, I probably should have these opportunities all the time, but I just, I just don't. I'm much like every one of us in this room. Just get busy. I just need to pump gas in my car and get home. Like I just, Lord, just let me stand here and nobody catch eyes with me. I don't know how much gas I'm putting in here, but I'm not looking. I don't want to see. I mean, I'm just confessing that before you. But at this point, I couldn't deny it. I had to, I had to, I had to respond. And it was a beautiful conversation. And, it, and, and when I left, I remember him going, hey, man, what's your name? I said, my name's Brandon. He said, man, my name's Steve. Thank you. And he gave me a fist bump. He said, man, thank you for sharing. I said, man, thank you for sharing with me. Didn't press anything on him, but we planted a seed. And I get to go back in a little while, and I'll keep talking to him. And we'll just see what the Lord does with it. But we should find the opportunities to go and speak. See, here's the thing that the Jews needed to hear Ezekiel's message because they were rebellious, they were stiff-necked, they were hard-hearted. You see this multiple times in this few verses. Rebellious nation rebelled against me. The people are obstinate and stubborn. You know what the thing with rebellion is? Rebellion has this downward spiral. 
And I think if we were all in this room to think back to our time, when was the first moment of our rebellion? And did we go, oh, that felt horrible. I should never do that. No, most of us rebelled and we were like, oh, nobody found out. I'll do it again. I'll do something worse. I'll find something else to rebel against. Teacher, you can't tell me not to do this. Power to the people. You know, we, we have these little things that we want to do to sway. And then well, here's the thing about rebellion. Typically, it starts with us and it ends with more of us. Rebellion is a downward spiral that begins to pull others into it. And we see that these people, God's chosen people, yes, can we agree on that? They're His chosen people have now chosen to rebel against Him. God himself said they were a rebellious nation. In the Hebrew, the word is goy. And that typically was reserved for the Gentiles. That they were rebellious against what was being taught. And here we have God telling his servant, this entire group of people, they have rebelled. They have rebelled. They have hardened their hearts. They have turned against me. Ezekiel's not going into a culture that is unknown to him. He's stepping into his own people. Every day, we step from our culture into our culture. And most of the time in our lives, we sit silent because we won't go and speak. We won't share. We won't plant seeds. How do I know this is true? How do most churches in our area know this is true? Because our rooms don't change. Our baptistries don't stay full. Disciples are not being made. It is because we choose not to stand and not to speak. And the directions are very, very clear. I know that may sound hard or, or heavy, but we have to agree as a body of people, we have to receive truth. Because just as this servant went, and we'll read in just a moment, he had to go and share something that really was not what he wanted to say, but it was truth. So we stand, we listen, we go and we speak. And then we get to verses 6 and 7, which is very familiar in the Old Testament because many, many servants were told this by God. We, we, we don't need to be afraid. When we're speaking on behalf of God, when He has given us His instructions, we should not go fearfully. Verses 6 and 7. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid, though briars and thorns are all around you, and you live among scorpions. Well, that sounds really encouraging, doesn't it? <laughs> Every day, Ezekiel, your flesh is going to be torn by briars and thorns, and scorpions are going to try to stab you with their stabber. I don't know what they have. And so it gets you with their thing. What is that thing called? Stinger? That. Okay. See, I told you, I don't know the installment. And so, yeah, that sounds really encouraging, right? You're going to live amongst these people, and they're going to try and hurt you. But he says, don't be afraid. Do not be afraid of what they say or, or terrified by them, though, though they are rebellious people. Speak my words. Whether they listen or whether they fail to listen, so whether they hear it or whether they choose not to, because they're rebellious. Be encouraged. Don't be afraid to go and speak. It's not our job to convince people to do it our way. 
It's not our job when we're, we're, when we're having those opportunities to plant that seed to say, hey, is it growing? I just planted a seed. I don't see anything growing. It's not our job to become impatient with people as they grow. What is our job? Stand up, go speak, and don't be afraid to do it. And as the servant here, here understands from God himself speaking to him, they're probably not going to listen. But you still have to go and you still have to tell. Because this is what I am commanding you to do. So don't be afraid. Many times in, in Scripture, the Lord would say these things. He gave a similar caution to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1. Jesus gave the a, a, a same caution to his disciples in Matthew 10. Ezekiel was to declare God's word boldly no matter how his listeners responded. His own people might act like briars and thorns and even like painful scorpions. But that must not deter God's servant. So I think the warning is clear. When we go and we do share, people are probably not going to listen. They may actually even respond with harsh words. They may even respond with actions that seem hurtful to us. They may even ghost us on social media, unfollow us. They may choose to attack us on social media. Who do you think you are judging me? Nobody can judge me but God. That's actually biblically untrue, but we don't have to get into that. So these things may come. But what does it change with us telling the truth in love? So that hopefully that seed that is planted does begin to germinate, does begin to grow, does begin to see a, 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 the fruit come from the going, the telling, and, and the fact that we have hidden our fear away from God. And then lastly, we must receive the word from within. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, this is the part of the passage where I'm like, I'm trekking with Ezekiel. Oh, this is cool. I see that. I can stand. I can go. All right, great. What, do what with the word? God, you want me to eat what? That's a pretty big scroll, God. That's going to taste funny. The word here says that God gave him a scroll to eat, to take in. Don't think it's literal. <laughs> I do think it was for him. I said, we can't give something that we don't have. So the word had to be inside of him. I've hidden your word in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against you. And so here we have him doing that. But what, is, but what do we see about this word that he receives? Listen to, listen to verses 9 and 10. Then I looked and I, I saw a hand stretched out to me. In it was a scroll which he unrolled before me. On both sides of it were written words of lament, mourning, and woe. And I think about the times in my own life when I say, oh, I can go share that. That's a happy thing about God. But when you have to go before a group of people and say, let me, let me tell you something right now. God is very, very frustrated with you. Frustrated to the point that he is going to, to do these things in your life. I'm warning you, that's not good. That is lament. That is warning. That's, that's to read like that, to understand, hey, God, you're doing this. Like, do it to other people. That's fine. Not my people. God, hurt somebody else, not my family. Uh, hurt those people over there who, 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 who don't know you. Hurt those people over there who are against you. Hurt Satanists. Whatever. Hurt them, but don't hurt my people. Don't hurt my crossroads people. Like, I, I, don't, I don't want to tell them the bad stuff because I'd be hurtful. But he has to go and take this word that it's big for him. It is. It's lament. Why? Because it's sadness. He sees what the outcome is. He knows what is coming. 
And he said to me, son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll, then go and speak to the people of Israel. Take in this word. This morning he would say, Brandon, take this word inside of you. Memorize it, understand it, believe it, and then go speak it boldly. And he says this, so I opened my mouth and he gave to me the scroll to eat. And then he said to me, son of man, eat this scroll I'm giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Isn't it interesting to know that sometimes God will give us something that we say, I don't really think I want this. God, I don't, I don't know that I'm ready to receive what you're telling me right now. I don't know that I'm ready to receive what you're giving me. You know, in front of me, this just looks awful. Oh, this is breaking my heart to see this, but I'll be obedient and I will take and I will place it in me. And then when we do, oh my goodness, that tasted so good. I mean, isn't it good to know that the goodness of God, isn't it good to know that in the times of trial, the tribulation, the, the hardness, the, the, the sorrow that we go to, when we can say, oh, but there's, there's a glory before us. Think about the servants of the Bible who had to lay down their life. Had Ezekiel heard the description of the hardness of his people before he saw the vision of God's glory, he might have had a different, or excuse me, he might have had a difficult time accepting his call. But having seen the glorious throne of the sovereign Lord, Ezekiel knew that he had all the help he needed to obey the will of God. Moses had a difficult ministry to his people too. But he heard the voice of God. He fell before the God. He got up and he went as God commanded him to do and he spoke the words. We talked two weeks ago about Habakkuk. And he was lifted from the valley of despair to the mountain peak of victory by contemplating the glory, the glory of God in, his, in, in the history of Israel. And in the most, to us, one of the most recent ones as we get to the New Testament is Stephen. And Stephen laid down his life for the sake of Jesus Christ. And he saw the glory of the Son of God in heaven. The only motivation that never fails is doing all for the glory of God. I want to read that one more time. The only motivation that never fails is doing all for the glory of God. No matter where you are, where you have been specifically planted, called, equipped, sent to serve and to share, do it all for the glory of God. And let God handle the details. Because the thing for us is when we, hear, when we respond in this way, when we plant seeds, or when we come, behind, I don't know who's coming behind me to my friend Steve, who's going to water that seed and throw a little fertilizer on that seed. I may never know this side of heaven if that, what happened to that seed, but I was, I was able to plant. And I know the times in my life when I've been able to go and encourage someone else's planting. And then today we see part of the fruit of planting through the waters of baptism, which we saw today. Year, months and years ago, Daryl sharing faith, hearing faith, responding to faith, sharing faith, Randall hearing the truth, responding to the truth, going through baptism. 
There's really no better picture of today's text than what we see the outcome of today. And we, church, get to be a part of that together. Not just here, but in in the global scheme of the global church, all to the glory of God. I love this last part about if Ezekiel had heard the description of the hardness of the people, he probably would have chose to do something different. Ezekiel could not see into the heart of each person that he spoke to. God knew their heart because he created them. We see Jesus come to this earth. We see his birth, we see his growth, we see his maturity, we see the things that he did early. Then we really focus on the last three years of his life. And time after time after time, Jesus would go and, and meet with people face to face. And he knew their heart. He knew before he even got there what their heart was, what they would choose to do. And it never once dissuaded him from speaking and, and being bold. And whether they chose to listen or they chose to walk away, it did not affect his ministry. Because him knowing the outcome, he still would have chosen. And he did. Him knowing your heart, Right now, what you're choosing right now in your heart, He still came and He still saves. This morning, I pray that that our call to, to respond this morning would be to get up and to go. To respond. So this morning, let's let's bow together as we prepare to respond. And this morning, I'm asking you that the response would be probably for you different than it's been in a long time. Because for a long time, so many of us have chosen to just sit. To just hear the Word. To just take it in. But not to do anything with it. And what we see from our servant today is that he heard and he responded physically and verbally. We see Moses who responded physically and verbally. So many servants of the Old Testament. We get to the New Testament, we see Jesus respond physically, verbally, and eternally. So family, this morning, there's, a, there's just one question. What is the response that God is calling you to right now? Maybe for some, someone in the room, it's a response to say yes to Jesus. Yes to salvation. Yes to eternal life. Maybe for others, it's yes to follow in believer's baptism. To take another step of obedience in your faith. Maybe for others, it's an opportunity to say yes to joining a church family. We'd love to speak with you about that. Maybe for so many in the room, so many in the room, it is a yes to just obediently stand and go into your home, into your work, into your recreation, into wherever God places you 
at any time and any place. No matter what the call is on your life this morning, there is a God who will meet you. He loves you. He wants to hear from you. And He wants to respond to you as well. If you need to have prayer in your life, any of our staff, our deacons, would be more than happy to walk through that with you. Father, we give every moment of this service to you. So God, not only do I pray that we've heard clearly, I pray that God, our hearts are softened and and ready to move. God, maybe this is the week we bend our knee in worship. Maybe this is the moment that we say yes to salvation. Maybe this is the time we say yes to aligning ourselves with a body to help further the gospel here in Elmore. Lord, whatever the call is, I pray that you deal with every person personally, individually, as they need right now. And that they would be obedient in their response. We love you, God. We thank you and we praise you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you.